Because the Holy Ghost is a being composed entirely of spirit matter, it is more easy for him to communicate with our individual spirits. The Holy Ghost can confirm truth in our hearts. He can teach us lessons and guide us away from danger. He also can heal our mental pains and comfort our aching souls. He can miraculously remove our deepest wounds and turn bitterness to sweet. The Book of Mormon is full of examples of the power of the Holy Ghost, probably none more powerful than the transition that took place in the life of the prophet Moroni. This is Between the Lines of the Book of Mormon, and we're your hosts. I'm Jay Harris. And I'm Andrew Harris. And we welcome you to another podcast today. Of all the souls that we read about in the Book of Mormon and the tragedies involved, probably there's no one as tragic as Moroni. He went through this tremendous battle, and then he lost his father. And although he doesn't mention it, there are other members in his family that were also lost in that battle. And he was left totally alone. Yeah, we don't know how many different family members he lost, but we know that he was alone. He might have been married, might have had children. Yeah. We know that both parents, mother and father, were killed in this battle. Yeah. Brothers and sisters, who knows? Brothers and sisters, that's right. We just know that he had no one. He basically said he had no friends and no real reason to even live. He just was like, if they're going to kill me or not, I don't know, but... <laughs> Let's go ahead and read that. That's yeah. in Mormon chapter 8, verses 3 through 5, and I'll just read the highlights there. Listen to the tragedy in his voice. The despair. The despair. And whether they slay me, I know not. And whither I go, it mattereth not. My father hath been slain in battle, and all my kinsfolk. And I have not friends, nor whither to go. And how long the Lord will suffer that I may live, I know not. Mm. (laughs) Your heart just aches for this man named Moroni. How lonely and sad. No, when we were talking about Mormon in his life, I really felt for him too. He had a hard life. But it seems like Moroni actually has it worse than his father even. He's just completely alone. At the same time, feelings of bitterness towards the Lamanites who've taken everything that he loves from him. Yeah. In Mormon chapter 8, verses 7 through 9, he says, The Lamanites have hunted my people, the Nephites, down from city to city and from place to place, even until they are no more. The Lamanites are at war one with another, and the whole face of this land is one continual round of murder and bloodshed. For there are none, save it be the Lamanites and robbers, that do exist upon the face of the land. He was pretty bitter and pretty angry. He saw the (laughs) the Lamanites as thieves and robbers, and that's all that were left. All the decent people were now gone. Now, Moroni remained alone for years, and we don't know. We don't know how long Moroni was left alone. It had to be over a period of time, because at first he was just in despair, willing to give up his life and have them kill him. But after a while he realized that he was still alive and that there were things to do. And so he abridged 
the writings of Ether. He'd taken those plates, which were numerous, and shrank them down to a, a short abridgment. And then, to his surprise, he was still alive <laughs> and continued to evade the Lamanites who were hunting for him. I, th I think about that at night. He didn't even dare have a fire where he could keep himself warm for fear of the Lamanites discovering him, because if they discovered him, they would have put him immediately to death. Yeah. He said that everyone who refused to deny the existence of Jesus Christ, they would put to death. Yeah. So he just had to run and hide. What an existence. What a tragic existence. Probably hard to just even survive to find food or to stay alive. But somehow, you know, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Paul and James and Peter and the, some of those New Testament people who were experiencing lots of oppression from the government and from the outside other religions and things. Persecution and yet, wherever they went. And yet they were like, have joy, be happy. And they were telling the other saints to be positive and, and they were happy and they had joy. I think the joy of the saints can happen even when you're experiencing lots of trials. And Moroni is a perfect example of that. At some point, Moroni apparently had a pep talk with himself, and along with receiving comfort from the Holy Ghost, he had grown as a disciple of Christ. Now, as you read his writings, gone are the feelings of self-pity and self-doubt. Gone is the hopelessness that he felt. Gone is the intense hatred that he felt towards the Lamanites. Yeah. And listen now in comparison to the writings of Moroni. This is in Moroni chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. And I make not myself known to the Lamanites, lest they should destroy me. For behold, their wars are exceedingly fierce among themselves, and because of their hatred they put to death every Nephite that will not deny the Christ. I, Moroni, will not deny the Christ. Wherefore, I wander whithersoever I can for the safety of my own life. Wherefore, I write a few more things, contrary to which I had supposed. For I had supposed not to have written any more. But I write a few more things, that perhaps they may be of worth unto my brethren, the Lamanites, in some future day, according to the will of the Lord." Yeah. Sense the difference? Yeah. He seems more positive, and also he has genuine concern and care for these people who were the killers of his family and, and the enemy of his <laughs> his whole existence. <laughs> you know, it reminds me of the quote, it's attributed to Buddha. Holding on to a grudge is kind of like drinking poison and expecting that to hurt your enemy. <laughs> <laughs> And it's true, like, if he held on to that anger, if he just said, I hate those Lamanites, you know, and, and held on to that, it would do nothing but hurt himself. And I think he realized that and said, you know what, I need to change my attitude. And he did. He completely became a different person and learned how to love the Lamanites. In the very last chapter of the Book of Mormon, Moroni writes, not to the world in general, but he writes to his relatives who were the Lamanites. And it's really interesting to hear the difference in his tone. Now I, Moroni, write somewhat as seemeth me good, and I write unto my brethren the Lamanites. Yeah, I don't think I would blame him at all if he felt anger towards them and hated them, but he knew better, and he knew that that wouldn't help him, and so he'd forgiven them, and he loved them. He cared about the Lamanites. He thought, they're going to be reading this someday. 
he had an eternal perspective where he, he saw the people in the future as well as the people that were around him at, at that point, and he cared about their celestial uh, lives instead right. of caring about what's happening right there. And he wrote, And again I exhort you, my brethren, that ye deny not the gifts of God, for they are many, and they come from the same God. And I would exhort you, my beloved brethren, that ye remember that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yeah. We talk about Moroni's promise, and we apply that to us and to everyone who reads the Book of Mormon. Mm-hmm. But if we read carefully, we realize that Moroni's promise was made to the Lamanites. Exactly. It was originally written to the Lamanites. He saw that this would go out to all the world, and he knew you know, lots of people would have it. But I think he specifically cared about those brothers that he had. He wanted them to know that he loved them and that this was what was going to be most beneficial to their lives. He called them his beloved brethren. Yeah. In Mormon chapter 8, 34 and 35, Moroni tells us that he saw the future. He sees us and he sees this, his record going forward to the world. And he says, Behold, the Lord hath shown unto me great and marvelous things concerning that which must come shortly, and that day when these things shall come forth among you. Behold, I speak unto you as if you were present, and yet ye are not. But behold, Jesus Christ hath shown you unto me, and I know your doing. I think that helped him to understand the the importance of his words that he was writing. He knew that this book that he was writing wasn't just going to be buried in the ground and disappear. He actually knew that we would have it someday and that his brother and the Lamanites would read it and they would repent and change and come back. Moroni is a great example to us of the healing power of applying the Holy Ghost in our lives. Yeah. He proves that it is possible to forgive even our most vehement enemies. We love the Book of Mormon because through its pages we feel the emotions of its writers. Yeah. As we read, we can sense Moroni's anguish, anger, and fear. Then we can watch as he is healed by the power of the Holy Ghost and can actually pray for the redemption of the very people who killed his family. Once again, we really appreciate you downloading our podcast. Next time, we'll discuss the final chapters of the Book of Mormon written by Moroni. Who was Moroni writing to? And what impact did his counsel have on the restoration of the church in the latter days? Until next time, enjoy your reading.